Hey, let's turn, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we're going to be looking at the last aspect of crazy love for for this series, for what we've been looking at. The Apostle Paul goes on to share some other things in 1 Corinthians 13, but these attributes of love, they they primarily, they stop right here with a great exclamation. I want you to take this attribute, this this verse, I want you to memorize it, may it be ingrained in your lives, may you just feel like you've got this one down and you remember it no matter what. So we're gonna put it on the screen. I want you to memorize it with everything you've got. Focus now, okay, really, this is gonna be hard. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says this, love never ends. Memorize it right now, go. You got it. Love never ends. This is perhaps the most incredible supernatural aspect of God's love. I was sitting with a friend this week in Starbucks and he, we were just talking and, and with all the other spiritual people who hang out at Starbucks and, and godly people. And the, uh, we were drinking our godly beverage and we were uh, talking together about life and, and some ministry and some things. And, and so I asked him kind of in that latter third or so of the conversation, I said, listen, how can I pray for you? Is there, is there anything else that, that we need to talk about that you haven't brought up? And he said, well, as a matter of fact, he said, my marriage is struggling. He said, I, I, don't, I don't think we're going to make it. He, he started talking about different, he, he actually wanted an exit strategy, I think, and, and I just wasn't quite going there with him. But I asked him, I said, well, what are you doing? How are you working on this? And he had been referred to a marriage counselor. And the marriage counselor sat down with he and his wife in the very first session. And he said, so how do you guys define love? What is love to you? And this guy began to answer the counselor back. He said, well, I believe it's 1 Corinthians 13. I believe God defines love. I I believe it is all right there for us. It's there for the taking. It's there for us to practice and to give to one another. And the counselor looked back at him and said, no, 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 that stuff doesn't exist. So the next thing I said was, okay, let's find a different counselor. But the other thing is this, really and truly, apart from God, it doesn't exist. In our own natural inclinations, in our own natural responses to life circumstances, we cannot practice crazy love. But with God, it's not impossible because with God, all things are possible. And Jesus actually, he shared this. He, he understood this in, in some talks to his disciples in John chapter 5. He, he said this to them just to pull one snippet out of it. He said, I know that you do not have the love of God in yourselves. And he would go on to express to them how, how important it is that they understand that only by God's grace, only by God's power, only by God's mercy can we even begin to practice this crazy love. We have to be focused on our relationship with God. We have to do everything we can to spend daily time in prayer with Him, talking to Him, listening to Him, being filled with the Holy Spirit, being yielded to Him. That's the only way the crazy love of God is possible to display and experience. But you can experience this. You can have this flowing through your life. You can have this flowing through your home. You can have a love that is patient and kind. You can have a love that's not envious or proud or rude. You can have a love that puts others first, that rejoices in the truth, that hopes all things, that bears all things, that endures all things. And the most amazing aspect of them all is that love never ends. This is the love everybody wants. This is ever, ever after. And with God, it's possible. Other people are going to let you down. Parents are going to let you down. Your spouse is going to let you down. Your friends are going to let you down. People are going to move in and out of your life. Seasons change. But the love 
of God, as it's said throughout the Psalms, the love of God endures forever. I mean, oftentimes in the letters of Paul, you can feel the crescendo. He gives, he gives some instructions, and then he loves in his writing to put an exclamation mark on things. And in this particular passage, he's given us all of these attributes. And today, I want you to feel the exclamation. I want you to feel what he's doing. He is declaring love never ends. It can be this way. This crazy love can be reality. Don't forget who he's talking to. I've mentioned this several times. He's talking to to the Corinthian church, and these people are messed up. They struggle with materialism they struggle with sin they struggle with relationships they've been openly practicing immorality and bragging about it and this letter from paul has definitely been corrective in nature but in the middle of all the correction the apostle paul makes the point that though at times they have missed the mark god hasn't given up on them Because the love of God never fails, never ends, never dies. However your translation says it, the love of God doesn't stop, and there's nothing you can do to make it stop. He goes on to to talk about all the other things we get get hung up on. He moves through later on in 1 Corinthians 13, and he says, listen, there's, there's all kinds of temporary things. There's things we discuss and debate. There's, there's gifts that we love to have. There's things we, we love to celebrate. And every single one of these things has an expiration date. But God's love is permanent. It's permanent. It never stops. It never ends. Pastor John MacArthur says this. He said, did you know that hope will come to an end? Because hope will one day be realized. There'll be no need for hope. Faith will come to an end because faith will be actualized. We will have sight, but love is as eternal as God, so love will go on forever. The word picture that the Apostle Paul uses, and he's used so many pictures throughout this passage, throughout this this little paragraph that we've heard so many times before, and he's, he's given us lots of things to think about, but the word picture he has for this phrase, love never ends, it's, it's beautiful, it's, it's, it's that of a flower. I don't know if you've ever, if you would actually admit to doing this, but there's that time when you were a kid, when you went outside and you picked a flower and, and you did the whole thing, she loves me, she loves me not, or he loves me, he loves me not, whatever, whatever you did. And if it doesn't work out, you get to start again. You know, you go, and if you run out of flowers, you're in trouble. But you just keep going, okay, as long as, long as it takes. And the word picture that the Apostle Paul has here is that of a flower petal that does not fall off. Love never ends. The love of God is always in bloom. It never withers. It never decays. It never dies. The love of God will outlast everything. What a beautiful picture. And the actual meaning of the word is to hold its place. The definition of the word that he uses for ends there is that it'll hold its place. So you could read it this way. You could say love holds its place or love stands its ground. Or however you would want to say it, love stays in the position, love leaves the light on. Years ago, we had a lady in our church who would come kind of sporadically, and and whenever she would come, uh, I would know pretty much what it was that was bringing her back. She had a a son who was in his 20s, and he kept getting put in prison, like over and over again. I mean, he'd had issues since he was a teenager, placed in youth detention centers and things, and then 
he graduated to the next level and, and kept getting himself kind of put in, in and out of these deals. The amazing thing, when I would see her coming, I, I know what she was going to do. She, she was going to ask me to go visit him. But it was, it was the attitude that she came with that compelled me to go back and, and to visit with him several times. Because of, as a mom, she had this idea that she, she would talk and as she would communicate, she would say, listen, I believe that one day he's going to get his life on track. And you could tell, even though he was in prison, she was so proud of him. I mean, literally, there would be things like, he's such a smart boy. I mean, he's had such great ideas. And it's just, you know, he got a little bit off. And, and I'm thinking, if he was a little smarter, he wouldn't get caught. But you could just tell. He, she was just, as a mom, she was just so proud of him. And not just, she didn't just have this belief that, that one day he would get out and just manage to stay out of prison. She had this belief that one day, because of how smart her son was, when God got a hold of him, when God redeemed what he was putting his actions to and, and could change that and move it into another direction, she had the absolute belief that her son was going to do something great with his life and change the world. This mom believed with a certainty that her son was going to make it, that he was going to be the boy that she had always dreamed he would be. She was never going to give up on him. That mother's love, that's a permanent love. God's love is permanent. And God's love no, doesn't fail no matter what we've done. God's love never fails no matter what we've done. There's a songwriter who says, it doesn't matter what you've done, I still love you. It doesn't matter where you've been, you can still come home. And honey, if it's you, we've got a lot of making up to do. And I can't hug you on the phone, so hurry home. There's this aspect of God's love that, that never fails, that's always looking for the opportunity to bring his people back, back to where they belong, back to a right relationship with him, and he never, ever gives up on that. Max Lucado tells the story of, of a friend who was reflecting on his marriage, and he says, you know, when we first got married, my wife and I, I was not a Christ follower. She was, and, and, and I wasn't. And not only that, but I would do things to purposefully embarrass her, especially if I could embarrass her in her Christian faith. And the man said this, he said, I didn't believe in God. I didn't treat people with respect. And just weeks after our marriage, I came home one day to find my wife sobbing in the bathroom about something I had done. But here's what he says, but she never gave up on me. He would go on to describe how one day, in a simple way, he put his faith and trust in Christ, and they were married for over 50 years together because she never gave up. Love will not quit. It will not give up. It's not going to run out on you. And do you know why? Why is all of this possible? Because as the scripture tells us, John tells us in 1 John, because God is love. And because of all the things that God is, love is. Because God is love, all of his attributes can apply to love as well. It is the very essence of the divine nature. God's love is eternal. It's unchanging. God's love is holy. It's different. It's set apart. It's just. God's love is infinite because he is infinite. There's nothing you can do to make him love you less. No matter how unworthy you feel, no matter how dark or lonely or isolated your life is, everybody needs to hear this. God 
loves you. No matter where you're at, no matter what you've done, no matter what you feel like you're mixed up in, no matter what you wouldn't even brag about, no matter how embarrassed or isolated you are, listen, God's love never fails no matter what you've done. And God's love never ends no matter what you're going through. One of the greatest and most loved statements in the scriptures is found in the book of Lamentations. And it's written at a, at a time when there's all kinds of chaos going on in Israel. They've actually, the, the city of, of Jerusalem has been conquered. The temple of Solomon has, has been burnt down. And there's some words tucked in the middle of the book of Lamentations that songs have been written about. Songs that if we, if we brought the words out together, you could, you could sing it without us, without even thinking about it. You just go on autopilot. In the middle of all of this devastation, in the middle of suffering, in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22, the weeping prophet says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. He would go on to say, They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You know, I'm very aware, and I've had people say to me, I appreciate the Bible, the Old Testament. <laughs> but listen, a city that burned down 2,500 years ago doesn't do a whole lot for me today. I want you to listen to, this, to some of the other things that are talked about here by Jeremiah. In the, in the, we, we could spend weeks on lamentations, but instead I, I just want to give them to you in kind of bullet point form. Some of you may be feeling this today or some aspect of this. And in the middle of this, it's, it's amazing that he says echoing the words of the, song, of the Psalms that God's love endures forever, but because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. His compassions never fail. Listen to the hurts he talks about. Jeremiah talks about the hurt of being treated as an outcast, but God's love never fails. He talks about the hurt actually of physical torture, but because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed. His compassions never fail. He talks about losing a spouse. He talks about losing a respected position. He talks about being alone and having no one to comfort you, of seeing friends turn against you. He even just talks about being, being overtired. He talks about feeling like your children are taking advantage of you. Listen, there are reasons why people don't study the book of Lamentations. It's like a country song that won't stop. It's bad. But in the middle of it, even if you play it in reverse, it doesn't work. But in the middle of it, God's love never fails. In the middle of all of these awful circumstances, it's because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail, they're new every morning, and he declares great is his faithfulness. Jeremiah talks about in Lamentations losing material possessions, not having basic needs. He even talks about just being made fun of, being mocked. He talks about seeing your children hurting. He even talks about just being stressed out. I mean, this stuff, this hurt, this anguish went on for years. And I know that there are people in this room dealing with things that have been going on for absolutely years, and you don't know what is going on. I want to tell you today that God's love will not fail you. It will not fail you. I don't know when tomorrow is coming. I don't know when the darkness will be taken away, but I know that if you that if you continue to go to him, you can count on him. His love will not allow you to be consumed. His compassions never fail. Great is his faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. Listen, 
Every morning is fresh and new. Every morning is fresh and new. That's the love of God. The love of God has absolutely no boundaries. There's nowhere it will not go. There's there's nowhere you can go to flee from it. Ask Jonah. You cannot escape the love of God. No matter how difficult your circumstances may be or how far away you go. That's one of the things I love about missions. I love being a part of our global missions trips. And I know our our students have seen this in in Nicaragua and, and some of you have seen this in Cuba and as we talk about going to Guatemala and adopting a village together and, and making a, a difference there. And you know, if you've listened to me talk very much, you, you know that one of the passions of my heart is Burkina Faso, this little landlocked country in West Africa where we invest. We have a, a team, our second team of the summer, flying back from there right now. They've been teaching English as a second language all week and looking forward to hearing all the great things that they've been a part of this week. But you know, my first trip to Burkina I, I did not have this great um, feeling before I got there of just absolutely fired up, wanting to go reach and change a country and really caring about the people there. In fact, when I first went there, I was freaking out. Africa, are you kidding me? I know why some of you haven't gone on this trip yet. You're like, dude, I'm not going to Africa. I might go to Rockmart, but I'm not going to Africa. And so I had gotten prepared. I mean, I had, I had bottles of hand sanitizer. I mean, I had refills, refills. And you know, they've got these little handy-dandy things now, these little, like, rubber deals that you can actually fit the hand sanitizer into and put it on your belt. Oh, I love those things. I mean, I had that thing. I had multiples of these. They were in all kinds of different colors. And I would just, listen, I'd see, I'd walk, walk through the airport, little, little We'll, you know, just get a little out and rub together, clean it up. It didn't matter. I'm in, I mean, I'm in Africa. I don't know what these people got. I'm, I just, I got to get cleaned up. It didn't matter the color of skin. It really didn't. I could shake people's hands. You live in Africa? That's fine. Shake your hand. And then as they get distracted, I'm like, right now, it is on. Craziest thing is, are the kids. The kids want to touch the white dude. Um, they don't see too many like this. And it's like, they, it's like they want to come up to you and, is that for real? I mean, they think something else is underneath here. And they're just, you know, holding hands. And I got to tell you, these kids in Africa, I mean, it's hot. Man, I feel like these kids, and, uh, they don't, most of them don't have running water. And I'm, I'm talking about 2007. This is years ago for me. Don't think I'm being disrespectful too bad. It's coming around, okay? I'm freaking out. I am just sure that one of these little kids is going to give me something nasty that I'm going to bring back to my family. I mean, I was, I mean, I, I grew up in a, in, a, in a sheltered environment where, I mean, we, we talked about AIDS in a way, I mean, I was scared to death. I'm, I'm in Africa. I'm going to breathe something in. I mean, I was just kind of ignorant about it, just to be honest. The worst part, though, is the kids, because they won't stop touching me. And I, I'm, I've, I mean, I brought a lot of sanitizer, but there are a lot of kids in Africa. And so we're in this part of the country. We're in the capital city, in a city called Ouagadougou, which I love to say in a microphone. It's always fun, good, clean fun. If you ever get to do it, you should try it, Ouagadougou. And um, it's the capital, and they, they've sectored off different parts of the city, and there's a portion of the city called Sector 30. And this is the first time I've been there, and this place 
captured my heart in this moment. Kids are running around, and we're at a compassion site, and you see the compassion kids, they're sponsored, they're good, and then you see all these other kids that just struggle, and you can see the difference looking at them. And this kid, there's this one particular kid, about probably two years old, and he is just, he's sweaty and dirty and grimy, and he's, he's just covered in dirt, and, and, and I can, it's like I can feel the Spirit of God prompting me, go pick him up. <laughs> Lord, got my hand sanitizer, but seriously, I'm, and I'm sensing very strongly God saying, go pick that one up. So I'm walking to him, cleaning my hands as I go. I went over <laughs> like this, and I picked him up. And because I've been coming like this, he's a little scared of me for one thing, and I don't blame him. <laughs> picked him up and I'm still about like this and he's for some reason he starts crying um, he just has this little nervous cry going because probably of the nervous look he's picking up from me and God just said bring him in bring him close I brought him in I hugged him I calmed him down beautiful child created by God for good works with mission and purpose not to harm you but plans to give you hope and a future. I brought this kid close to me, and I, I just began to feel, just, just to pray for him, God made this child one day come to know Jesus as his Savior. I may never see him again on this earth, but I pray one day, God, I'll see him with you. And I was so moved. I had this kind of Lion King moment with him. <laughs> At least for me it was. I don't know what it was for him. But it was like this Simba, and I'm turning, you know, and it's just... I learned in that moment, I said, I love this one as much as anything else you've ever been around. I love this child as much as any other child you've been around. I love this child as much as I love you. I gave my son for him as well. My love has no boundaries. And we put up so many boundaries, don't we? We have so many people just staying right here in our own community, just staying in our own neighborhoods. There are so many people. I can talk to this one, but I'm not going to talk to this one. I can hang out with these people, but I'm not going to hang out with these people. I can reach out to these people, but I'm not going to reach out to these people. Listen, this person hurt me. God, don't put it on my heart to go after them. Listen, I don't want anything to do with them. We put up so many boundaries, but the supernatural, crazy love of God never, ever ends. It goes as far and as deep and wide as it can possibly go, and it wants you to be there with him. Crazy love doesn't show up with you it's already there and you get to come be a part of it and allow it to flow through you god looks at us and he says listen isaiah 43 says because you are precious in my eyes and honored i love you he says that to all of us today there's not a single person there are no outcasts with god you're precious in my eyes and honored and i love you God's love can reach across every boundary and tear down every wall. So we've been talking about crazy love for a little while now. And I just have a question for you today. How's your love life? Honestly, are you experiencing, are you giving away the love of God and a love that never ends. You say, how do I do that? 
How can I experience it? How do I know that it's part of my life? Well, first thing is this. First Peter chapter 1 says this. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a, a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. This is very important. Peter says, having purified your souls. He's talking about something that's already happened. In the Greek, the word that he used here is written in a perfect tense. He's saying this, something happened in the past that's completed. There's nothing you can do about it. And he's referring back to Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. He's saying it's completed, but it has continuing results. And if you will be obedient to what has been completed, in other words, if you will put your faith and trust in what has been done, something will begin inside of you, and then it will continue on. And once it is received, this thing that has been completed in the past can never go away. It's part of your life, and then it can be given away. You see, only once you put your faith and trust in Christ do you have the capacity to love as God loves, unselfishly, unconditionally. But it can be a continuing outpouring of something you have already received. And because you have received it with grateful hearts, we share it. Long ago, a, a, a man was working on a job site and, and, and the builder came to the job site to inspect it and he goes and he, he inspects the building that's been done there and, and, and he's... They're in, as they're in progress, he, he gets up on the scaffolding. The builder gets up on the scaffolding, scaffolding to inspect, and he's about three stories up. And while he's three stories up, he trips and he begins to fall. He is falling off three stories down. And the worker is there at the bottom, and he looks up, and he realizes, if I don't move, this guy's going to fall on top of me. And he makes a decision not to move. He just kind of hunkers himself down and the builder falls on top of him, driving him into the concrete. The builder gets up, kind of shakes off what's happened, and he's okay. The worker has got nearly every bone in his body broken. And later on in an interview, a reporter asked him how the man whose life he had saved was treating him. And the now crippled man says this, well, he gave me half of everything he owns. <laughs> I share in his business. He never lets me want for anything. He is constantly concerned about me. And hardly a day passes that I don't receive some little token of his remembrance. Listen, there are days when as Christ followers, we forget what's been done for us, but let's not forget what Jesus has done. And even with what he's done every day, we receive from him and let the spring of God's love flow out of us because even in the midst of a tragedy of Jesus dying on the cross, God gets victory. He gets victory. And from that victory, love can flow. So if you've received Christ as your Savior, let me ask you a question. How's your love life? That's kind of personal the way you're asking that. That's all right, you'll be okay. See, some of you have been Christians for years. And you know, if I were to ask you, hey, are you more loving today than when you first put your faith and trust in Christ? 
hopefully most of you have been walking with Jesus for a while, you'd say, yes, absolutely, slam dunk. But it's amazing how as Christ followers, we tend to plateau. We tend to get to a point where we level off. But as a disciple, and the word disciple just means learner, are you continuing to love, to grow in your love for others? Are you continuing to grow in your crazy love? Let's not take it back to from the day you first believed, but let's just talk about last year. Are you more loving now than you were this time last year? Listen, we talk about it around here. It's our mission to, to make fully devoted disciples. We want to see all of us, and it's part of, of, of my growth too. We want to constantly be growing as we, as we try to make disciples. How do we know if we're making disciples? Well, for one thing, are we more loving? We've been looking at Scripture together now for seven weeks. One passage, I mean, like this big. You've heard it in so many weddings. You've heard it in so many places before. But today, let me ask you, are you practicing more love than you were a few weeks ago? That's how you can tell if you're growing as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Listen, we come here on Sundays, receive the word of God. But it's not just about knowledge. You can study offline. You can, go, you can go deeper. You can do more Bible studies. You can listen to other pastors. You can do podcasts. You can do all those things. But in truth, you can have all the knowledge in the world. But if you have not love, you are nothing but a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. And listen, the scriptures say that more knowledge about all this stuff will just puff you up. And can I tell you something? The world doesn't need more puffy Christians. What the world needs is people being willing to be obedient to the work that has already happened for us in the past and allowing it to continue to influence our lives and to continue to make a difference. They want to see Jesus in us. 1 John chapter 4 says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows him. Skipping down, it says, No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. Listen, John says this. He says, nobody's seen God. For which you want to go, thank you, Captain Obvious, for writing that. That's great. He says, no, no, no. No one's seen God, but they've seen you. And if they've seen you, follower of Jesus, are they seeing the crazy love of God? And I know there are moments when you don't feel like it. I know there's moments when you're depressed, when you're not up for it, when you're tired. I know all of that. It's true of me too. But the scriptures teach us this agape love of God is a choice. C.S. Lewis, Lewis says it this way. <laughs> Do not waste your time bothering whether or not you loved your neighbor. Act as if you did. I love that. You don't have to like them right away. Just pretend for a little bit. This works with in-laws, maybe. I don't know. I mean, are you growing in your love for your mother-in-law? This, Listen, this is discipleship now. We are getting deep. He goes on to say this. As soon as we do this, we find one of the great secrets. When you are behaving as if you love someone, 
you will presently come to love him. You know what? Strengthening our love life comes from what we do, not just from what we think, and not just from what we hear. So today, as we wrap up this time on crazy love, are you more loving today than when we first started studying this passage together? I mean, are we really growing in our discipleship as a church? Perhaps there's someone God has laid on your heart that you need to forgive. You need to let them off the hook. That would be the most loving thing you could do for them. Perhaps God put someone in your path this week and he asked you to go just a little bit further, just to go that extra mile. My God, I really don't want to do that. And something I would have never done before. But because of the crazy love of God, I'll be a part of that. I'll practice the love and kindness that the Apostle Paul says leads people to repentance. How can you put this crazy love into action? Is there someone you can serve? Is there someone you can tell, I'm not giving up on you, and God hasn't either? Is there someone in your life you can demonstrate the crazy love of God to? Because only when you give it away can you truly experience receiving God's love in return and having it living and active in your life. The story told about a little guy by the name of Johnny who had a rare blood disease. And he got through the, the blood disease fine and, and he was completely healed. And then two years later, his sister was diagnosed with the same disease. And the problem with this disease is that the only way that it can be cured is if you receive the blood from someone who has had the disease and conquered it. And the, the chain of events just continues on and on. And so in the doctor's office, the doctor asked little Johnny, he said, would you be willing to give your blood for her? A little elementary boy. For my sister? The doctor says, yes. Okay, I'll do it. So they're back in the doctor's office a few days later, and they stick the needle in his arm, and he lays back on the table, bottom lip just quivering. After a few minutes, a tear comes out of his eye and rolls down his cheek. The doctor says, are you okay? What's, what's the matter? Well, Johnny looks up at the doctor, and he says, so when will it happen? When will I die? You see, this little boy had come to believe in his elementary mind that when he gave his blood, and they take blood out of me, I'm going to die. But he was asked if he was willing to do that for his sister, and he said yes. Who are you willing to give some love to today? If the love of God has infected you. If you have been a recipient of the crazy love of God that sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for the sins of the world and to be raised from the dead, if you have been infected by this, then give it away. And by doing so, may God use you to save lives of those apart from him. Let's practice this crazy love together. Would you pray with me?
If you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, it is only possible for you to experience this crazy love if you receive it. If you receive what's been done in the past, the completed work of Jesus, and a spring can begin to form in you that can flow forward onto others, John would say. If you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, in this moment, I want to give you the opportunity to say, God, thank you for your crazy love. The love that sent your one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I put my faith and trust in that completed work today and ask that I would then become a part of your love and carry it forward. God, I put my faith and trust in that. If you're here pray to receive Christ in your own words, wherever God leads you to pray. It's the most important thing you'll ever do to believe that God's love is for you. Today at the end of the service, would you please just take a moment, go to our help center, tables out in the atrium, allow us to give you something to help you get started right, to partner with you as you become that disciple, that learner of Jesus and begin to imitate him. The rest of you here today, I don't know what aspect of crazy love has impacted you the most over the last several weeks. I don't know what aspect is hardest for you. I don't know what God is touching your heart about right now. But I pray that you would have the courage, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would have the courage to put into practice whatever that is we take the knowledge that God has given us may we obey it, put it into action say if you're here you need to rest in the crazy love of Jesus Christ, all of us need to do that if you're worried about I'm not sure this love is for me because of what I've done, hopefully we've hopefully you get that I feel like God is apart from me right now, that's not true he's close wants to wrap you up in his arms. This crazy love can take hold in your life right now and it never has to stop. The love of God has no end. It will continue for as long as he reigns forever and ever and ever. This is something so important because it will never stop. Everything else will cease but the love of God will continue as he forever reigns. May we allow forever to begin in our hearts right now. May we bring the kingdom of God in right now by how we practice his crazy love. God, teach us to love. Help us to trust you more. May we be marked by your crazy love. May we give it to others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.